Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. It's time for the show that brings the magic right to your speakers. Ears up! Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. And, of course, we have an amazing one, mainly because the man behind SpectroRadio.us is here. Yes, it is Spectro Magic, Spectro Time, uh, Spectro Time Time, I guess, on Ears Up with Jeremy. Jeremy, welcome back to the show. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, right. Forward in the plug to the bottom of my microphone. <laughs> uh, so thank you, for, <laughs> thank you for that wonderful introduction. I'm glad to be back. Uh, I don't think I've done a Spectro Time segment in this, 2021. Yeah, I don't think so. I think this yeah, is a new one. It. Was the last one Christmas? It might have been. Wow, yes. that long ago. Yeah, you're slacking, Jerry. You're moly. slacking. I'm slacking. <laughs> um, this is my what is this is my 37th Spectro time. Wow. wow. Are we going to do yeah. something for your 40th? Like scream real loud? Yeah, we'll do something. Right. Yeah, my episode 30, my 36th one was Disneyland Christmas Spectacular. Oh, wow. good grief. Yeah. Wow. Well, welcome How back. We survived. Yeah. Welcome <laughs> back. Thanks. We've survived because of the uh, because of the tiki room. Alcohol. So we do oh. get to see Jeremy every once in a while. That's right. Yeah. Well, and I see him every other week That's doing true. in depth. Right. I is... see him too. I'm just not actually talking to him. <laughs> right. That's true. Yeah. Although, Jeremy, I will say so you guys do that recording usually during Alice's dinner time. And so I'm sitting there with her, um, and we, we I have my phone set up, and we're kind of watching you two um, do the show. And she loves you. She, call, <laughs> she call she calls you Uncle Jeremy, and I think it's your oh. laugh because every time you laugh, she starts laughing. Like she does this weird <laughs> fake laugh, and I'm like, and she's like, Jeremy. I wonder where she got that from? Yeah, she's like Jeremy, funny. <laughs> and I'm like, yes. <laughs> she absolutely loves you. So wow, poor thing. I mean, that she has to listen to that show every other week. Jeremy, <laughs> funny. <She's> true. <laughs> I mean, it's basically, so what she does, she's just a mimic. So, like, basically when I'm done recording, the first thing I say when I come out is, Jimmy funny. Yeah. And that's, um. <laughs> Jimmy right. funny. Funny. <laughs> um, find us on social media, everybody. Please, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. Uh, you know, it's a good way to figure out when the shows are going to be. Uh, because Lord knows I'm really bad at posting the calendar for some reason. So. Uh, in the Patreon, uh, by the way, in case you didn't know that. Uh, you can send feedback on the show to Taryn at earsup-podcast.com. Show suggestions to Terrence at earsup-podcast.com. You can say hi. Hi. To Bev and anything else, me, Jason, earsup-podcast.com. Blah, blah, blah. You guys, we talk about concierge. Everybody knows that that's the best way to get the Disney tickets. You don't go, you don't go online. You don't wait online. You don't do that. You go to concierge. Uh, if you want to go to the parks, but apparently now bookings for Disney cruises are going to start opening up on the 27th of this month. Oh, wow. Okay. And that includes the brand new ship, the Disney Wish, which is the ship that will start sailing to the Bahamas, the Bahamas in the summer of 2022. So next summer on the Disney Wish, and apparently this is like, the biggest news in cruise line history or whatever. There's frozen and Marvel themed restaurants, of course, with performances. 
uh, a Carthay-style restaurant called 1923, which I guess is different than the 1923 Club in DCA, but whatever. It's not 1923 Club. Isn't it? 1901. Thank you. You're right. Um, so you're right. It is different. It is different. Yeah. Okay, good. Perfect. All I want to know is that I'm right. You're I could right. be wrong in my assertion, but at least I'm right somehow. Uh, there's a Star Wars lounge with a viewport that features five different planets and 40 starships that will pass by during your stay. Um, instead of a, just like a normal water slide, you know, these big crazy cruise liners have just, it's a water slide to the thing or whatever. Um, Bev and I's cruise did not have a water slide. And I don't think I would have gone on it anyways because. It had a hot tub that was full of. Pile nasty. of filth. Yeah, for sure. Um <laughs> Like I'm actually yeah. very curious if anybody goes on the water slides. I mean, Kids. yeah, I tried to. Oh, did you? Um, <laughs> but the line was it's and, and on the cruise it's called the Aqua Duck. Oh. Okay, I get it. Um, or get at it. least on the one I went on, I was I sailed on the Dream. Um, I was gonna and, actually uh, say earlier, I was like, I guarantee the other boat is called Dream. If this one's called Wish, I was like, the other one must be Dream. Or no, did I go on the Disney? Is the Disney Dream a boat? It's got to be a boat. I don't know. Why not? I'm sure Wish, the yeah. Dream. A Disney Magic boat. Dream, fantasy. Yeah, it's wonder. just a, a boat your heart makes. And that's really <laughs> yeah. what we have to remember. A boat is a boat your boat makes. Yep. That's what it is, dude. Um, the Aqua Mouse is the, sh- is the water slide. On the Disney is it? Wish. Yes, it's called, uh, at least on the Disney Wish, it's called the Aqua the Mouse. Aqua Mouse. It is a... 760 foot long tube and it will show scenes like so like inside there's like i don't know what that means maybe it's like uh like the diorama on the train who knows like you walk by you you slide by and it's like you're going so fast i know right uh maybe like uh overhead projection like reverse projection thing i don't know anyway sounds like puking afterwards you drop into a lazy river which I, I think is a lazy river. What? Yeah, wow. I think it's kind of amazing, honestly, because number one, they have a lazy river on a cruise ship. Yeah, <laughs> that's whatever. Sick. Ironically, you can't swim in the ocean on the cruise liner. So that I find weird. <laughs> but like also, that's a great way to like, to I think, sort of eliminate the long line for the thing, because the lazy make the lazy river part of the ride probably carries you to the other end of the ship yeah. and you gotta haul your ass back over there uh the ship is designed with more state rooms than ever with exterior views uh bookings open up on may 27th so if you're interested in doing that next summer the bahamas concierge.com check them out uh book your disneyland tickets your disney world tickets and now your disney cruises with concierge please thank you uh do we have feedback we Karen? do not. Not today. I thought we did. I thought I sent you one. Well, well, you're submitting feedback now? Oh, maybe you did. But. Um, this was not a feedback. See, I'm submitting feedback. This is basically the employee rankings now. So I need to give you guys your all your your reviews. <laughs> oh, and I prefer to just be open and upfront about it, everything. So we're going to start with Taryn. Okay, great. Uh, no, um, <clears throat> this was a comment on our ranking Disneyland restaurants show um, that I'm just taking as feedback. Uh, this person, mm-hmm. uh, Grant. Comment, there was a wild opinion expressed in this episode, maligning bacon. I truthfully found this disturbing, but opinions are subjective. Objectively speaking, almost everything does, in fact, taste better with bacon. Wired and Food Network analyzed 50,000 recipes in 2013, showing conclusively that with the exception of desserts and pasta recipes with bacon were overwhelmingly rated higher. Jason is entitled to his, quote, opinion, but we informed listeners know much better. Uh, that's 2013, Grant. Uh, you know, I'm sorry that you're living in the past, um, but uh, the bacon wave is gone, baby. It's not you're gone. Wrong. It's gone. You're it's so gone. Wrong. It's not, it's gone. not gone. Don't get me wrong. Bacon is good, but it doesn't need to be on everything, and it doesn't, in fact, make everything better. So I have. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right with that. Jeremy, you agreed what? with me, man. Yeah. Thanks, dude. That actually makes me feel real good inside. It's Guys, I already everyone, have a headache. Like, what people, right <laughs> the problem with bacon is that people substitute liking bacon for having a personality. <laughs> <laughs> and that annoys me. Man. It's like there's other. Oh. Just, it's just it's just another food, guys. Just eat it and shut up. Yeah. 
Exactly. That's exactly how I feel about it. It's like, oh, bacon, because we were talking about the bacon-wrapped asparagus or whatever. And it's like, if, if you're going to eat asparagus, just eat asparagus. Yeah, Be a but, human okay, being about it. But you're at Disneyland. You can't just sell asparagus. Asparagus. But inherently... <laughs> Well, yeah, that's my point. But inherently, like, whenever you wrap things with bacon, the bacon that's around that thing isn't bacon. It's overly salty ham because it doesn't get crispy. Crispy bacon is the only way to eat bacon. If it if you can flap it uh, like a piece of paper, then it's not really bacon. It's just salted I pork. I like, I like my bacon to have a little movement. I don't like to buy it into it and to have it, like, crumble. A little movement is fine, but there needs to be a crunch. If you wrap like stuff the whole in spectrum. It, yeah. Well, sorry <laughs> about that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so uh, thank you, Grant, for, for commenting on the show. I really appreciate it. And uh, I'm actually shocked cool. mostly that you and Jeremy agreed on something. I know. I like it. I think it's a, I think it's a new trend. <laughs> it's a new trend. Yeah. I think that'd be amazing. Uh, the other thing <laughs> about trends is that they're short lived. That's why they're called trends. Yeah. Like bacon wrapped <laughs> everything. Thank you, Bev. <laughs> I don't think that's a trend. No. <laughs> yeah. I do hear your mic moving now. Oh, okay. I yeah, can mute it. That's all right. Uh, if you want to support the show, go to etsy.com slash shop slash coveyers and buy some shirts. We have the new Fantasyland shirt that's done up like the Tomorrowland uh, you know, logo and then the Tomorrowland logo that's done up like the Adventureland logo. And um, it's irony at its best. It really is, man. Like my you know, I sell cool shirts to cool people. So if you want to be cool uh, check that out. I'm also working on a new Mai Tai glass. Whoa. Yeah, and I probably wasn't going to announce it on the show, but I just did because my brain doesn't work. Um, so I've been sort of like dropping these little hints on the Instagram stories. Uh, new Mai Tai glass coming this summer, and it's going to be I, – I, I, I'm trying to figure out how many to order. I don't know. I don't know how many to order. I thought about keeping them in stock, but I'm still going to do a pre-order. I'm still working out all the details. It just depends on how much money we have to, like, give the glass people. (laughs) I just don't know. Well, Um, how many units did you sell of the other glasses? uh, I'm not going to tell you on the air, Jeremy. This is a very close secret. (laughs) We sold out. Well, whatever that number is, I think you could probably match that. I think so, too. And I think it will do better because last time's was Christmas-themed. This is not a themed. It's just a glass. So you can use it anytime. That is one of my favorite glasses, too. Mine, too. That's my wine glass. I drink wine out of that glass. Out of my tag glass. It's not my wine glass, but... Oh, it should be. (laughs) It's it's my go-to mixed drink glass, for sure. Okay. Um, Yeah, so I don't know, man. And it would just be like, I would just keep them in stock, I guess. And, uh, you know, whatever. So I don't know. I might double up. um, But we did sell out last time. Which is good. Which is very nice. I felt very good. That was definitely a a step out on the comfort zone ledge <laughs> for me, uh, having to uh, you know uh, fork out all that dough. But anyway, uh, I think you guys are going to love him. Work with Matt Tedish again. Uh, he designed the Christmas ones, and he's done a lot of stuff for us. So working on this, and uh, I'll let you know. I'll keep you posted. Of course, I'm going to drop it on Patreon first. I'll drop the design on Patreon. I'll drop the pre-order link on Patreon. So if you want to get first dibs at that, because even at a pre-order, um, there is a limited amount I'm gonna, I'm willing to, <laughs> to order. So uh, if you want to get uh, the best deal, pre-order will be a little bit lower price than like a normal price. So um, anyway, I'm working at the pricing now. Uh, but if you want all the details, uh, pay attention to Patreon. Uh, speaking of that, go to Patreon.com/earsup. Sign up to be a Patreon supporter. Two bucks a month. That's the minimum. You go to five bucks a month, secret show, 12, whatever. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Levels, all, levels, it's levels. all good stuff. You get all kinds of stuff. Yeah, it's mostly good stuff. <laughs> um, is, yeah, go ahead. Is there Beth. a new churro shirt? There is. Yeah, it's my, it's, yes, it's my new, uh, my new uh, hypocritical uh, churro shirt. Oh. And um, it was one of those dumb things I needed to, I needed to, I needed to get it out of my brain and it exists somewhere. So I'll probably pull it in a couple of days because no one cares. I just wanted one so I can order it for myself. But it's like the Supreme logo. I thought it'd be really funny. And I'm actually surprised I haven't seen that. Like, I like it. I Googled it and nobody's done it before. But there's a lot of Mickey and Minnie in the Supreme uh. logo. And I'm like, cool, let's be really on the nose and just write Disneyland on it. <laughs> there you go. Podcast. Uh, yeah human uh but yes uh i understand it's very very hypocritical um but i don't care 
<laughs> it's cool when I do it, but it's really annoying when everybody else does it. Anyway, go uh, uh, buy some T-shirts. Please, I would beg of you, I beg of you to buy T-shirts. Um, yeah. Moon Boots IPA is the latest 21st Amendment beer release. A West Coast IPA brewed with strawberries and loaded with Azaka, Citra Cryo, and Mosaic Hops. Moon Boots IPA was designed and brewed by an all-woman team at 21st Amendment Brewery and in partnership with the Pink Boots Society, advocating for the advancement of women in the beverage industry. The label for Moon Boots IPA features the beer's creators envisioned as otherworldly beings and was commissioned by renowned Los Angeles-based animation artist Robin Eisenberg. Moon Boots IPA is a very limited release and available across the country at your favorite good beer shop, where 21st Amendment beer is sold. Bev, do you think I can get Sam to write um, music for 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 me? Probably. Yeah. Like n- not lyric or. Yeah, just yeah, just music? yeah, yeah, for like ads and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, would I have to pay him? Probably not. Oh, <laughs> even better. I love it. <laughs> I love it. All right, Jeremy, let's bring you on. As we unravel the magic behind some of Disney's most beloved pieces of music, it's Spectro Time. This magic night, a million stars will play beside us, cast a spell of Glimmering, shimmering, carouseling round the world Spectro Time. With my close friend, it is friend, about Jeremy. time. It is about time. <laughs> well, tonight we're going to talk about the Jungle Cruise and its music. Oh yeah. Um. Oh, that's so why you little... have the Jungle Cruise background. <laughs> it is. I get it now. Yeah, welcome, welcome, Terry. She's <laughs> like, I don't understand this guy. What's going I on? I mean, it was cool it? looking, but now I get it. No, well, that was a very last minute change. I love it. I was like, I got to do something. Um, the Jungle Cruise was an opening day attraction at Disneyland when it opened back in July of 1955. By now, we're all pretty much, uh, we know that Walt had originally intended this attraction to contain real animals as guests sailed past them in riverboats along various exotic rivers of the world. That's right. I uh, forget but it- that. That's a fact I forget constantly. And every time someone really? reminds me, like right now, it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. What a wild ass thing that would have been. <laughs> yeah. Do you think it would have changed by now? Yes. Taking the animals like if, if they were like, look, let's do the animals. Let's do the thing. Do you think it would have changed by now? Like taking um, the animals I feel out. I like it would have changed after the very first mauling. Yeah. Like there was <laughs> okay. no way to keep that All right. contained. I don't think. All right. I mean. You have something along those lines now at Animal Kingdom. Yeah, but you have a ton of room. How to show you what? You have a ton of room over there, though, to do it. Right like in that yeah. little. No, know. it wouldn't work. It doesn't work in in you know right behind <laughs> Main Street. <laughs> yeah. But the concept has figured a way into existence. Yeah, one hundred and fifty imagine... yards away from the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine like walking down Main Street and like actually hearing like. Like a real lion roar yeah. or whatever, yeah. That'd be amazing. Yeah, that's terrifying. Or like a real monkey, no. Yeah, or an elephant. <laughs> yeah. I mean, or a dead zebra. I mean, the lions have to eat the zebra <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> that's feeding time. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry, Jeremy. Good. Well, it became quickly obvious that for the integrity of the show, audio animatronics would need to be used. Um, animals couldn't be relied upon to show up and provide a consistent experience. <laughs> We I'm, also I'm know that, that it, in its sorry, sorry. sorry uh, <laughs> we also know that in its initial years at Disneyland, the tone of the Jungle Cruise was much more serious. The result of Walt's obsession with authenticity, he wanted guests to feel as though they had really been transported to these various exotic regions and interacted with their wildlife, and in some cases, their native peoples. Until the 1960s, in fact, the script of the Jungle Cruise skippers contained no jokes. And sounded more like the narration to a nature film or documentary. Yeah, like now. What? Contains no jokes, like now. (laughs) I love the jokes. (laughs) Most people do. Yeah, no, I don't know. (laughs) In what is likely the very first release of an attraction ride through, in 1968, Disneyland Records released an album featuring the full soundtrack 
of the Enchanted Tiki Room on vinyl. And on its flip side was the soundtrack to something called The Adventurous Jungle Cruise. Hmm. Well, you need a Jungle Cruise skipper for a Jungle Cruise attraction ride-through, so Disney looked no further than the talents of Thurl Ravenscroft to act as your Jungle Cruise skipper. Take a listen, number one. Welcome aboard the Jungle Cruise. I'll be your skipper and guide down the rivers of adventure. You know, we always turn and take a last good look at the dock and wave goodbye because uh, we may never see it again. We're approaching beautiful Schweitzer Falls, named after the famous Dr. Albert Schweitzer. He sounded sort of drunk. <laughs> we may never <laughs> see it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, do how do we know who uh, Thurl Ravenscroft is? What else has he done, Jason, or oh, anyone? Oh, he's Haunted Mansion Haunted Boy, Mansion. for sure. Correct. Uh, Grim Grinning Ghosts, I believe. He was Uncle Theodore. Whoever that, that's the official name of whoever he was. Oh, I thought he was the, oh, he's one of the busts, right? Yes. Okay. Right. Okay. Uncle. Yeah, that makes sense. He was Tony the Tiger, which you could sort of hear in the laugh. Isn't he the, the, you know what I mean? From Frosted Flakes. Right. Yeah. Isn't he the narrator? For, he was great at that. For Haunted Mansion or no? Do I have that? No. Right? No. Um oh. I can't remember who the narrator is. Uh, I think it was he's Jeremy Murray. <laughs> what did you say? I said, I think it was Jeremy Murray. A guy called Jeremy Murray was the narrator <laughs> for the Haunted Mansion. Um, he was Fritz in the Enchanted Tiki Room also. Ah, that's right. Oh. Okay. All right. So he's got a long, uh, a long list of accomplishments. Yeah. Um, of course, we know that while, while we Jungle Cruise guests are winding our way down these adventurous rivers, there is no music. Um, but for the release of the soundtrack, Disney needed something uh, to back Thurl Ravenscroft's skipper performance, or the release would have been a bit boring. Well, no worries. Tutti Camerata to the rescue with his haunting music that he both composed and conducted for the album number two. That's my vibe right there. That is 100% my vibe. And it was also very burlesque. Yeah. You know, where it's like. Well, you are very burlesque. Betty. <laughs> is that a compliment? I don't know. <laughs> play me a play me a warbling trumpet and I will take my shirt off. Let's go. Um, and, and the first part sounded like. Like a, like a silent movie, very like, dramatic. It very sounded dramatic. like yeah. Gone, like the the overture from Gone with the Wind. Oh, <laughs> to me, <laughs> right. Well, a two D Camerata, um, he's he was he's a very famous and accomplished musician. He graduated from Juilliard, um, and he was no stranger to Disney. He was an integral part of Disneyland Records. In fact, Walt hired him to start the Disneyland Records label. And in his 16 years um, with Disneyland Records, he produced over 300 different albums, but he did compose and conduct um, that and several others. He was really passionate about um, classical music and having children be interested in classical music. So a lot of the albums that he released through Disneyland Records um, were sort of trying to popularize classical pieces for kids. Hmm. Okay. That's cool. So that's Tootie. Love it. We like him. We also, do. what a name. Tootie. Tootie. Yeah, I think his, that's a nickname. I think mm -hmm. his, but he eventually really went by it. I think his name, his proper name is maybe Salvador. Salvatore, yeah. Okay. I just yeah. looked it up, yeah, because I'm you like, did. okay, you, you can't be writing that music. I mean, it, it makes sense, like, in that 50s, 60s sort of lounge, vibey, you know, cheesecake sort of era. This man has to have some album that he worked on that I could buy. Oh, <laughs> for my tiki room, right? I don't know. Just so you were shopping. I'm shop shopping. Yeah, basically. Yeah, <laughs> great. 
Thank Out- you. <laughs> <laughs> and where was I? Um, okay. I don't know, man. Outside of the attractions narration done by the skipper, there was no Jungle Cruise music to speak of for many years. In fact, until the early 1990s, the queue for the Jungle Cruise could hardly even be described as themed. The boathouses didn't boast much of anything apart from a place to hide from the sun while you waited to board your tramp steamer and such. Uh, In the early 90s, the first props arrived at the Walt Disney World version of the attraction, um, things like the dispatch office. Along with this theming, Walt Disney World's Jungle Cruise received a boathouse music cue loop. The idea of this music was as you waited to board your cruise, Uh, You were listening to a radio station at some far-flung jungle outpost. Um, In Disney World, this musical broadcast was called AWOL Airwaves. Mm. Albert AWOL, your 1930s disc jockey, plays an assortment of late 1920s and 1930s jazz and swing music peppered with helpful announcements for jungle goers that are full of puns and gags. Take a listen to Albert Awal, the voice of the jungle broadcasting on the DBC or the Disney Broadcasting Company. Number three. This is Skipper Albert Awal, the voice of the jungle broadcasting on the DBC to all points unknown. If you're within the sound of my voice, you're listening to Awal Airwaves on the DBC. I like it. Yeah, I like it. It's very Disneyland. It's very Disneyland. And it was a really cool, it's a really cool addition. It's one of my favorite parts of the Jungle Cruise is the queue for that. I mean, you can look at all the artifacts, but, you know, hearing that kind of stuff, like the the music that they play in and everything, it was a really nice touch. I have a question. Do you prefer to stand in line for the Jungle Cruise or to ride the Jungle Cruise? Stand in line for the Jungle Cruise. Yeah. so weird. 100%. Yeah, that's peculiar. Yeah. Well, that's my name. Peculiar Jones is what they call me in high school. <laughs> uh, even Albert Awall's name is a joke. Awall, uh, of course, is a pun on the acronym AWOL, which stands for absent without leave. Uh, the joke here that is that the incompetent and reckless employees of the Jungle Navigation Company are reliant on a radio broadcast, which is by its name alone absent. Um, this gag is heightened. Upon realization that while the broadcast is supposedly vital for the operations of skippers, AWOL Airwaves is never heard on the actual Jungle Cruise boats, meaning the skippers in the ride are either unable or unwilling to tune in. (laughs) Even a joke in there. Um, The selections for the approximately one hour long music loop played by AWOL include tracks by well-known artists such as Louis Armstrong, Duke Ellington, but also more obscure acts like the Jack Hilton Orchestra and Ida Sue McCune, number four. When the when that tap section started in the last, key, it sounded like she was just like taking bubble wrap and just twisting. It. <laughs> That's all I could think of was like some vaudeville act somehow had bubble wrap and was like, "Hey, check this one out!" <laughs> <laughs> right. I kind of like that addition to it. At first, I was like, "Oh, that's weird." Oh no, I like it. Yeah, it kept going. It was cool. So that was four tracks. Um, it started off with Jeepers Creepers by Louis Armstrong. Then we heard Harlem River Quiver by Duke Ellington. 
The third one was The King's Horses by Jack Hilton and his orchestra. And Ida Sue McCune closed it out singing Love is and is Good for Anything that Ails You, which I love. Aww. Tapping away. Uh, with the opening of a restaurant called the Skipper Canteen, I don't know if you've have you been to the Skipper Canteen or was no. that not there when you went? Um, I, when did we go? 2015? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. I have no idea when it opened. Oh, we did not go. We went to Jacques Hangar Bar, but that's that's all we went to. Oh, okay. Uh, well, the Skipper Canteen is a little eatery uh, just a little ways away from the Jungle Cruise, and it's sort of where this, you're waited on by skippers. Oh, geez. I would never it's, go. I would never go there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I want to go. I know there. it sounds fun. It's cool. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> um, well, with the opening of the Skipper Canteen, we learned that Albert Awall is not only a radio broadcaster, but a published author. Awall's book, The Illustrated Guide to Radio Broadcasting, can be seen in the library of the Skipper Canteen. Nice. Over in Disneyland, the Jungle Cruise received an update from 1993 to 1994. At this time, the ride was temporarily closed so the river could be rerouted to accommodate the forthcoming Indiana Jones attraction. Um, in order to create a cohesive storyline between the two adjacent attractions, Disneyland's Jungle Cruise was given an exact year that it existed, which is 1938, mm. to align itself with the Indiana Jones attraction. Interesting. Magic. The, yeah, the Magic Kingdoms is more just loosely based in the 30s, but Disneyland is solidly parked in 1938. Okay. Uh, Disneyland's audio loop distinguishes itself both musically and as a broadcast. Rather than a Albert Awall broadcasting on the DBC, Disneyland's attraction is tuned into the Global Broadcasting Service. Here, broadcaster Nigel Greenwater makes deadpan puns instead of the slightly sillier tone of Albert Awal in Florida, and also at times make, makes references to the neighboring attraction, Indiana Jones, number five. This Justin, a Jungle Cruise skipper reports spotting the lost safari near the African veldt. As you may recall, this safari has remained missing longer yet had more sightings than any other in history. Locally, aeroplane pilots are cautioned about landing in Settler's Field. Recent rains have created rather large bogs, which have attracted the attention of local water buffalo. Pilots should carefully review conditions before either taking off or landing. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I hate puns, man. I really do. As a dad, I, I feel it's sacrilegious. Um, is the, is that, that chime, is that the chime and, like, Soren, I feel like this is like used in another. Oh, it does sound familiar, right? Oh well, there's a chime in Star Tours. Maybe yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. It does sound <clears throat> like that. Is it the same chime? I have no idea. Or like, did they reverse it or something? Yeah, to like... it sounds yeah. similar. It doesn't because, sound yeah. the same because in Star Tours, when they do the announcements for the next thing or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, I have like... no idea. I wonder if they're related. Keep Look at again. you. What a crack investigator. Star Trek. Yeah. This Justin. Huh. Cool. I'm going to find that. I'm going to look it up. It used to okay. be your like text message tone. Uh, No, it was different. Oh. <laughs> it used to be Boy. my text message tone. <laughs> you should want to be included. <laughs> Uh, the global the global broadcast service in Disneyland broadcasts an assortment of music that's at times a bit slower, more mysterious, and leans more heavily into swing instead of the jazz that dominates Walt Disney World's music. Here, the music is meant to more directly evoke the feelings of 1938 specifically and features such tracks as As Time Goes By by Adelaide Hall, Sing, 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 written by Louis Prima and famously performed here by Benny Goodman and Moon Over Burma by Dorothy L'Amour, as well as Moonlight Serenade, which you'll of course recognize by Glenn Miller, among several others. Number six. You must remember this. A kiss is still a kiss. A sigh is just a sigh. The fundamental things apply. As time goes by. 
First of all, how dare you? Uh, here is the Star Tours chime. So not the same. And this is the other one. Oh yeah. So, but they're in the same vein. Yeah. He, well, in, apparently that's there's like a new one and an old one. Here's here it is. Not the same. That's the new one. Oh yeah, that's the new Star Tours one. And that's the new outro of the thing. And that's the old outro, apparently. According to the internet. Who knows? Anyway, sorry. I had to, I had to investigate. I was wrong. <laughs> um, so we just heard Moonlight Serenade. That's the one you said was classic. It should be mentioned that Moonlight Serenade, technically speaking, has absolutely no business being played in an area meant to specifically evoke the year 1938. Uh -oh. as the first recording of this song wasn't released until May of 1939. Whoa, Yikes. dude. Yeah. Come on. Though now. the song was adapted from a 1935 song called Now I Lay Me Down to Weep. <laughs> Jeez. I feel like the mid thirties were just terrible. I mean, it's the, you know, it's like lead up to the war, I guess, but like, I don't know, right. man. It was the great depression. Now, yeah, that's yeah. true. Now I let me down to just utterly cry. It sounds like a cure song. <laughs> um, also moon over Burma didn't yeah. come out until 1940. So it's two years. Oh my God. Uh, too late for, um, Disney on Jungle Cruise. So a little creative license being taken by these Imagineers. Apparently. Again. <laughs> Where's the reality? Yeah. I well, thought they were supposed to be so exacting with everything. It's yeah. like in Primeval World where they have like the Tyrannosaurus and the like the, oh, yeah. the dodecahedron or whatever. And they don't, they're like, they miss each other by like five million years, but they're battling. <laughs> and I know dodecahedron is not a dinosaur, but it's just a funny joke. It, I, I could be a Jungle Cruise skipper. <laughs> um, you if you hadn't said that, I would have. I know. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> Fair. Nigel Greenwater's broadcast on the global broadcasting service is often and comically interrupted by shortwave radio transmissions back and forth between Jungle Cruise skippers who are out there on the waters. Their timing is often less than ideal. Number seven. Global Broadcasting Service, serving remote outposts since 1928. And now, a musical interlude. We are running around just south of Manaus. All hands are fine. We will wait till the tide change. Over. <laughs> this is Jack. Hey, look, you know that shipment of tea? We ran in, ran in a whole pool of hippos and upset the boat. We're, we're doing fine, but those hippos got the last of the Earl Grey. <laughs> Looks like Mrs. Haversham's going to be disappointed. Attention, all boats on the Irrawaddy near Mandalay. This is a colonial portmaster. There have been reports of some disturbances in your area. Please travel with caution. This just in. A jungle cruise skipper reports spotting the lost safari near the African belt. As you may recall, this... There you go. It's a little uh, back and forth with the jungle cruise skippers uh, peppered in there. In 2009, Weird Al Yankovic wrote a song called Skipper Dan. What? Really? I did not know this. Jason loves it's... Weird Al. I like him a fair bit. <laughs> oh, of course you do. <laughs> Come on, Sam. you know I'm fat. I'm fat. Come, you know, sh sh ham on, ham on whole wheat. I mean, come on, that's funny. But the backside that's of water makes me want to stick my head in a light socket. Um, did you? Well, did you notice earlier? 
I don't think we talked about it. He doesn't call it, you know, the pun or the the joke now is uh, Schweitzer Falls, mm-hmm. named after Albert Falls. Albert Falls, yeah. yeah. But in that dialogue, so in 1968, they were still saying Schweitzer. No, in, call it I, Falls. in the intro, in the first one? The one I played, the one you played earlier. Yeah. The, Ravenscroft. Yeah. yeah. I did notice. He said that. it's, you know, named after Dr. Albert Schweitzer. There's no joke into it. Really? I didn't catch that. Oh, really? Yeah, no, I did. Yeah, I did too. Oh, you guys are smarter than us. Should we play it again? And then later on when he goes, when he circles back around in his dialogue, he doesn't mention the backside of water. Mm-hmm. So there's, his puns are, there. it still had, even in 1968, it still carried a serious tone. Yeah. It wasn't, like, there were jokes. There were some small puns, but it wasn't absolutely riddled. So people, See? I think it was like, it, it was a long evolution of that getting to where it is today. Yeah. Too long. Like I don't think in 1962, Mark Davis updated it and it was suddenly full of jokes. Like it was a slow, I think it just started to make itself a bit less serious as time went on. Yeah. I mean, I I can see that. I I feel like the early times of Disney, the early first 15 years or whatever, you're getting a lot of theater kids, a lot of theater people who in some of these rides you have to be on and so you sort of just like change it. I was reading actually in, in Dave Land, uh, Dave Land Web on uh, Dave's site, and uh, there was like a story about how I think it was him even who used to work the mine train through Nature's Wonderland or whatever, which sounds like an Oasis album. And um, and he was like, they had a recorded spiel, but we just decided to do it on our own live. And then they could oh. like do they could do other stuff with it. So I think even and that was sixty eight, I think too, is when this specifically was talking about. So I feel like you just sort of have these people who are used to improving, or maybe it didn't matter as much. Maybe show didn't matter so much as as as, as much as it does now. So you could sort of evolve, and then maybe the Imagineers are like, well, this it, this kind of works. We like this feedback. Huh. Let's work right. this in. Which is a sign of a good manager. If you're even if you're like goofing off at work, you don't have to be in trouble all the time. You could like it could be absorbed into whatever you're doing. Yeah. I don't know. Right. Well, along those lines, uh, you know, you said theater kids. Weird Al Yankovic's skipper Dan song is about a failed actor who works as a jungle cruise skipper. <laughs> uh, number That's eight. all of them. <laughs> Uh, yeah. It sounds like, uh, and I, I imagine it intentionally sounds like Weezer. Probably. Yeah, I was going to ask what that's a, what song that's a spoof of. I don't think it's a spoof of a song, actually. I think that's it's, his. That's his thing. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if you knew that about Weird Al, but that's that, his thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, while Weird Al has poked fun at the Jungle Cruise and its skippers, it should be noted that several successful uh, people have actually worked on the Jungle Cruise once upon a time, Uh-oh. such as Ron Ziegler, who was Richard Nixon's press secretary. <laughs> I find that very funny. I don't know why. Kevin Costner was a Jungle Cruise skipper, um, as well as John Lasseter. Kevin Costner was a Jungle Cruise skipper. Yeah. I bet he was That's not very read. funny. Well, old Lasseter. <laughs> So John Lasseter, um, in fact, in July of 2018, Disney released a book about the Jungle Cruise called Disney Parks Presents the Jungle Cruise. And it included a CD audio ride through with John Lasseter reprising his role as the skipper. So move over, throw Ravenscroft. Lasseter is here to narrate and be our uh, Jungle Cruise skipper Lasseter had resigned from the company just a month prior to the book's release after accusations of misconduct in the workplace that included grabbing, kissing, and making comments about physical attributes, co- according to complaints. Take a listen to John Lasseter as your Jungle Cruise skipper, <laughs> number nine. Of course, I bought it. Hey, Skipper John, while we're boarding, why don't you give us one of your world-famous knock-knock jokes? 
Knock, knock. Who's there? Safari. Safari uh -huh. who? Safari's so good. Oh, yeah. These are the jokes, folks. Oh, it's such sense. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome aboard the world-famous Jungle Cruise. My name is John, but you can call me John. And for the next two and a half weeks, I'll be your Jungle Cruise skipper, lion tamer, film director, Hawaiian shirt enthusiast, toy collector, and if you don't laugh at my jokes, swim instructor. Don't worry, if it's crowded now, there'll be lots of room on the way back. Let's all turn and take one last look at the dock. We may never see it again. So what's funny about that book is that um, Disneyland started uh, creating a lot of those. There's a Haunted Mansion one. They're kind of like like in the style of like a children's book almost. Like So there's a Haunted Mansion one. There's um, one that's uh, Marvel. Mm -hmm. There's a Haunted Mansion. Shut up. <laughs> I can't, I can't and a Haunted Mansion. Yeah. Uh, anyway, there's a few of them. And when we bought the Haunted Mansion one at Disneyland, the the cashier uh, was like, oh, there's actually a Jungle Cruise one. but um, And I was like, oh, that's cool because we're trying to collect them for Alice. And she was like, yeah, um, but you have to get it on Amazon. And I was like, okay. Like, that's weird. <laughs> I guess they're, like, not selling them here. Yeah. And so when I got it and I saw John Lasseter's name, I was like, oh, that guy has been canceled <laughs> at Disneyland. So you can't yeah. get that book there. Good. But you can sure go see Cars Land. Tell you that much right now. <laughs> and Pixar Pier. Yeah. <laughs> I was never a Lasseter fan. I remember going to like D23 or whatever that thing is. And it's like, here's all of his Hawaiian shirts. Oh my God, <laughs> who cares? Well, this is the thing. And he even mentions it there. He's like, you're a Hawaiian shirt enthusiast. I'm, And, you know, talk about substituting things for a personality. Like, <laughs> that is not... Liking Hawaiian shirts is not a personality trait. That's true. Okay? I, I, I have some Hawaiian shirts. I like them. I would never list that in my bio. <laughs> and also, if you remembered, he said uh, Hawaiian shirt enthusiast. <laughs> not enthusiast. Enthusiast, which I feel like in light of his allegations, probably not the best thing to say. Also, no, he didn't. Did he? Do you really want to play it again? He no, did. please, God, don't. <laughs> yeah. He did, yeah, for sure. Enthusiast. <laughs> but he, he's not even good at being a Jungle Cruise skipper. No. Like, that no. was terrible. It was bad. I mean, yeah. but that was, was him really at, like, bad. 45 or 50 or whatever, like, reprising his role. But, eh. yeah, so I kept thinking, too, it's like, there's no emotion here. Some of those jokes I have laughed at in real life when I've been told them by a real Jungle Cruise skipper. But then to hear him do it, it sounds so... It's also just, like, so Disney to, like, really make it so overly polished. And that mm -hmm. girl in the beginning who's like, yeah. uh, these are the jokes, guys. Uh, yeah. is hey, tell me it's one of awful. your world-famous knock-knock jokes. Yeah, well, and, so and just, like, that second. whole beginning part, though, their interaction, given what we know now, just sounded mm -hmm. incredibly creepy to me. Mm -hmm. Knock-knock, who's creepy. there? My hand on your <laughs> knee. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's yeah. a rough listen. Yeah. And I, I bought it because I wanted to put it on spectral radio. <laughs> but I was like, this is awful. No one wants bad, to listen dude, to yeah. this. Yeah. You should have like a, like a reject hour where you just play <laughs> this show and then like things that you would never play normally. Dang. Like Yanni. Turn into, turn into the, I play plenty of Yanni at all times. Are you kidding me? Yes. Anyhow, um, that is the music. Of the Jungle Cruise. Wow. Good job. I love it. Yeah, love and if you're too. a patron of Spectral Radio, I'll be posting a complete list of the area music with all of the albums. So if uh, you're a patron and you want to go and download those yourself and own the whole collection, you can. Oh, I'll nice. be sure to do that. And then I'll, I'll replay them here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I don't know. Whatever. It's a nice set of music.
the spectacle, the sparkling sensation, where the romance, the comedy, and the thrill... The comedy! I mean, honestly, even this voiceover is sort of cheesy as hell. The comedy! It's Jiminy Cricket. I know. I don't like Jiminy Cricket. He creeps me out. No, he creeps me out. Why? He's so cute. I don't know. He just does. He just creeps me out. Kingdom. The Magic Kingdom. In a million points of musical light, the magical worlds of Disney. <laughs> it just yes. sounds, I guess I just picture, because it doesn't sound like Jiminy Cricket. Obviously, it's not the real Jiminy Cricket, right? Because uh, he doesn't exist. But it just, I can, I, when it's like the different <laughs> person, I just imagine what the guy looks like in the voiceover booth doing. And now in a thousand points of Disney light. Like, I don't know, just, that's me, though. See, Sorry. I think that this is actually a very convincing copy of... It is very convincing, but... Cliff Edwards. I'm, tr- I'm a trained, uh, <laughs> trained radio podcast producer, so I know, uh, you know, a thing or two. <laughs> sure. <Shut up. laughs> Oh, God. Anyway, good job, Jeremy. I like that one. As much as I don't like that ride, um, I like the music of it. That's great. Sure. It's pretty impressive, though, because there's really not that much music. Right. I. Yeah. And I did not expect to hear a Weird Al song. Same. So. Yeah, that was the uh, the bonus. Yes. Yeah. Taryn. Well, I don't think he did all parodies. I think he wrote... Actually, Michael Jackson, little little known fact, Michael Jackson took the music from fat and turned it into bad. So it was like a reverse thing. Did you know that? That did not happen. No. That didn't, no. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hang on, everybody. It's ears up. Gee, sorry, guys, but that guy bought 14 churros. I'm all sold out. show march in the past present and future with all the news that's fit to cover it's the ears up disney news all right whatever uh not a whole lot of disney news territory today um but you know we got some stuff to talk about how about disneyland's upcoming spider-man ride it's going to be even more interactive than we thought. Where is it going? Uh, it's in um, Adventures Campus. Yeah, but like where? Where does it fit? In Adventures Camp, I don't know. I don't. I don't know like the exact layout or whatever. But it's in Adventures Campus, in DCA. This this place says Disneyland just to get you to click on it. It's not no, really no. Disneyland. Okay, I knew that. I'm All just right, trying whatever. to figure out like, is it an indoor ride? Like, I remember we talked about it. But I just don't really. No, indoor is it. from the Star Wars universe. It's not an indoor ride. This it's a uh... <laughs> not indoor. Oh. oh my god! Oh, I get it. All right. Uh, the big new attraction that will open along with the new land is called Web Slingers, a Spider-Man adventure, and it will allow guests to live out their dreams of being Spider-Man. By using web shooters to take out an army of rampaging spider bots. However, it turns out that for those guests, oh geez, willing to spend a little money, you can do a lot more. This is uh, interesting. At its core, uh, Web Slingers appears to be a next generation version of Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters or Toy Story Midway Mania, where guests take aim at targets. But in this time, instead of using a toy blaster or pop gun, the ride will be able to recognize guests' own arm movements so they can shoot webs themselves. What? However, Disneyland has now revealed a collection of special merchandise which can actually be linked with the ride and give guests special abilities they can use while on board. The core device, I don't know how I feel about this. The core device is called like a it. web power band and it resembles a classic Spider-Man web shooter, though a fairly large version. Using a standard power band on the attraction will give you the ability to fire multiple webs at once. Then one can add web tech add-ons to the power band that will give you still more additional abilities not available to everyone else. Wow. In the video game world, this is called pay to win. And 
it, it, literally companies have been sued over dumb stuff like this. So it's like, it's not, a, it's just weird. Uh, for added Spider-Man abilities, one can add electrodynamic webs, which also come in a ghost spider variety. However, if you don't really want to be Spider-Man at all, you can basically become Iron Man or rescue a uh, uh, Paw Patrol. I don't know what that means. With a repulsor blast option. Uh, that's what all the girls I went to high school with had when I would talk to them. Um, all the web shooters have standard modes as well, so they can be used as toys outside the ride as as well. Okay, good writing. Uh, they light up, make noise, and do other things um, that are liable to drive the people you live with crazy. That's uh, very funny. Anyway, there you go. We don't have pricing on it, but uh, that's what's going to happen. So you can buy toys to use on the ride, which is a cool concept, I guess, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, why not? Whatever. Who cares? I love it. <laughs> oh, you love it? Yeah, I love it now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Huh. I, I... See that dime? Because my uh, opinion's going to change on it. Oh, geez. I'm a Jungle Cruise skipper, guys. There you go. Um, I think it sounds kind of cool. Yeah. I, I do like those kinds of rides, and I don't understand, like, I think it's cool that they're going to be able to use your hand. Yeah, where that's, there's no like like grubby thing to, to touch, you know. That's interesting. I'm up with that. That's some crazy technology. Yeah. Speaking of crazy technology, uh, Tuesday's announcement that Orange County has met the requirements to move from orange to the yellow tier uh, was uh, good news, apparently, thanks to the vaccine that we're rolling out here in the old um, city of Compton. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Initially, officials thought they had to wait 48 hours, but that rule has been dropped, and they are confirmed they could reopen in the yellow tier on Wednesday. Uh, this is businesses within Orange County, I guess. It's unclear why there was confusion on this tier movement when Orange County has made two similar moves in the past. Whatever, who cares? That's really cool um, you know, detail that we need. In any case, the county will allow businesses to loosen restrictions starting Wednesday, which is today, and that means that uh, Disneyland could increase capacity by 40%. Oh, interesting. 40% increase. So not to 40%. Right, it sounds right. like to 65. Well, I don't know if that's how that math works. Oh, incre- increase capacity by 40% of that's, 20%? I don't know. It's, this is like complex math that no one needs to do. Yeah. Can they just give us the number? <laughs> I know, right? This is how many thousands of people can come in at a time. I, <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, so that's exciting. So there's going to be more people opening uh, or, or hitting up Disneyland. So that's cool. Uh, I'm interested to see how the lines sort of reflect that. Curious. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I heard, and, and Jeremy has said this about Disney World as well, I think that the people that have gone feel, it doesn't feel like it's 25% anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jer- Jeremy's spoken on that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but there's, I've, they're saying that at Disneyland as well. Oh, yeah, I believe that. Yeah, yeah for sure. So. I mean, you can't, it can't be any, it can't be, because you can't be in the line, so you're on the street. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's just not enough things that eat up people. Like yeah. restaurants are closed. There's not as many places to go sit down. So you just don't have people being, you know, in places. Um, and th- so the other interesting thing that I learned is that it's like 25% of the park's capacity isn't based on like the fire capacity. Mm. It's like if they, like if a ride is cl- if if like if they're not running Splash Mountain that day, the park's capacity is lower. So as more rides come online, oh, wow. they they're actually they could still be at twenty five percent and allow more people into the park. So if they open up another restaurant, now the park's capacity goes up by a certain amount because that restaurant can service people. So the hard number of people coming in goes up, even if the percentage stays the same. That, that makes th- a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. So you're basically saying, like, if everything was closed for whatever reason, you could only let a certain number of people into the park. Correct. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So it fluctuates as rides come and you know open and close. Wow, that's crazy. Hmm. Speaking of crazy, um, I don't know how I feel about this. I need you guys to help me. Um, I wonder if I should uh, even play this audio. It's only a minute long. You guys will will put up with it. 
king is fear and fright lovers. I'm the great Gonzo. And I'm Pippity King Prong. And we're here to tell you about our all-new terrifying tale of total scariness, Muppets Haunted Mansion. Excuse me. This fall, prepare to experience your most hilarious and harrowing Halloween ever, Muppets Haunted Mansion. How'd you do this? Well, it's easy. Try it. Muppets Haunted Mansion. I think more oomph for you. Muppets Haunted Mansion! I love that. Muppets Haunted Mansion! You know, this is going to take a while. Muppets Haunted Mansion! We'll see you this fall on Disney Plus, Muppets Haunted Mansion. Unbelievable! Muppets Haunted Mansion! Muppets Haunted Mansion! Muppets Haunted Mansion. That's what I said. Muppets Haunted Mansion! Anyway, Muppets Haunted Mansion is coming to uh, Disney Plus this fall for Halloween. I don't know how I feel about it. The Muppets first ever Halloween special Muppets Haunted Mansion will feature the Muppets cast celebrity cameos, of course, and new music and spooky amusement for families to enjoy later this fall. Muppets Haunted Mansion will take place on Halloween night when Gonzo is challenged to spend one night in the haunted mansion. That's cute. It's very cute. I wonder why the push for, for the Muppets considering they were unceremoniously ripped out by the root of the of DCA and uh now DCA has lost the best and greatest ride in its park history. I don't understand. Uh while it may be the Muppets first day at the Haunted Mansion, the iconic Disneyland ride has already taken center stage in 2003, yeah, whatever. Uh blah blah blah. That is it. Um there's no other description other than here's the announcement uh, Muppets Haunted Mansion. I like Wait. it. So is the haunted is the Nightmare Before Christmas overlay done? No, it's it's a it's a show on Disney Plus. It's like going to be like an a, a a one off thing for Disney Plus. I thought this was an overlay of the attraction in the park. No, oh. no, 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 no. But you stunned I for a second. I was oh. like, what? No, no, no the Disney Plus. Yeah, I I probably sped through the Disney Plus part of it. Um, the interesting part of that though, honestly, is so they got to shoot it pre-September because they change over to the ha- to a Haunted Mansion uh, Nightmare for Christmas in September or late August, I think. So they got to be shooting it this summer. But no. then, See, I think yeah. they already shot it during COVID when the har- park they, was closed. They could have, for sure. That's my guess. The, then you're, you might be 100% correct. I don't know. So what else were they doing? Yeah, well, you know what? We'll be able to tell because when we watch it in six months or whatever the math is, five, four, two. Now five. it's Halloween. Now, um, <laughs> in five months, will it have the new additions that the park opened with or not? Oh, right. Yeah. So interesting, interesting stuff. Uh, I don't know. I love the Muppets. I will give it a shot for sure. But I mean, I thought at first that you were talking about a TV show, and I was like, "Ooh, that's that's just bad on both parts." But as yeah. a special, a one-time thing, sure, it's going to be fine. Yeah, right. I think it'll be great. It's the Muppets. I mean, they don't really ruin too much. And if he's actually, he has to spend the night in the Haunted Mansion, then it actually has to be filmed there. And that's cool. Yeah. No, I'm, exci- I'm, I'm, you know, I'm weary about it. I'm excited about it. It'll be fine. So the chat, Nick in the chat says that there's a rumor that there's no holiday overlay this year since it's been closed for so long. Yeah, where, where did, where didn't you get that yeah, rumor from? Nick? Is it from the park or is it from some dumb forum somewhere? Yeah, I have not heard that. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, that's it. We still got the Jingle Cruise overlay. Oh, you do? I miss that. Yeah, so I'm... I'm um, the reason I say it is because it doesn't necessarily mean... You know, COVID doesn't necessarily mean that overlays have to go away. Yeah, for sure. They, yeah. They, that would make no sense. I mean, it's the park opened in April, or basically May, and you transform it in August and you just bring it back to the night where just everything is the same. I don't see why they wouldn't do it. I don't see why they wouldn't do it either. So whatever well, dumb rumor site you, you find, Nick, destroy it. Hack well, into here's it. the thing, though. Break it. The reason Disneyland does all these things is to cater to their local crowd, right? That's why they have to change it up because people will get yeah. bored. Well, they just, they don't have annual pass holders anymore. That's right. So maybe they don't need to do these overlays because it's not catering to a local crowd anymore. Hmm. Uh, well, it's still California only, though. So oh, yeah, but by by Halloween, sure. But people still go. I yeah, I don't know. Well, look, we'll find out. I don't know. 
I'm just saying they told annual pass holders to take a hike, <laughs> so they are not worried about that crowd anymore. I would be willing to bet within the next six months we have some other indication of an annual pass program coming back. Oh, yeah. They talked yeah. about it in the earnings call. See? There you go. Oh, God, I'm so smart. <laughs> it's a pretty safe bet. They I'm announced super it. smart. <laughs> Speaking of Jungle Cruise, just do a shameless plug. Uh, I've got this sign uh, from uh, Dr. Skipper Marley. He was on the show a couple years ago, I guess. Yeah, it was a while ago. Um, and it's a Trader Sam's like Cannibal Cafe, and you know he has. So anyway, if you hit up his Etsy store, he has a lot of like reproduction signs like this from the Jungle Cruise. And this was like the least Jungle Cruise one <laughs> because everything's like hippo warning or you know just the classic gags that everyone loves. And it's like that's not me, but anyway. It's cool. Also a tribute to Trader Sam. Yeah, well, yeah. R.I.P. The realist. <laughs> Mr. P says that he thinks Josh Gad will be making an appearance in the Muppet special. I hate that he's probably right. <laughs> no, isn't it sick? I totally uh, agree. Yeah, shut up, Mr. P. No oh. one needs this. No one needs this negative energy, bro. All right? We don't need it. We were up here, and you just crashed the room, man. And I don't know why you would do that. Dropping knowledge. Yeah, uh. sure. Well, no. He's dropping rumors. Yeah, but that one's probably right. Yeah, I know. I don't like it. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning into the show. I really appreciate it. We were going to get Dave, uh, Dave rebooked from Dave Land Web. I uh, had a bunch of questions for him. I was really excited to uh, do the show. So uh, I will uh, check in and see what uh, what happened. I'm, I'm betting it's just something uh, you know we can, we can clear up, whether or not by uh, sending him a large amount of Bitcoin or uh, <laughs> you know figuring out a way to get him on the show. But... Uh, it's good stuff either way. Jer, thanks very much. What's happening over on SpectroRadio.us? Oh, my God. I don't know. Okay. Nothing. All right. <laughs> All right. No, I t- I, well, I talked about it on the um, in-depth. It's the yeah, this no month's special limited-time Walt Disney World 50th show is The Real Symphonies of Illuminations. All so right. all of the little clips of classical music that formed Illuminations of the original and Illuminations 98. I'm playing them for an hour every night at 7 p.m., but the full piece, the full symphony orchestra piece, um, so you can hear the music behind the music. Sounds good. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in, and until next time, we'll see you in the parks. <laughs>